So, help is on the way. I wrote that song uh. in 1990 uh, at the request of an extraordinary singer named Nancy Lamont, who called me from the road and said, um, I'm getting a little tired of my closing number. Could you write me something new? And I'd like it to be about something that sends people out with a sense of hope and inspiration and possibility. So I sat down, and right away, help is on the way from places you don't know about today came to me. And I thought, OK, I'm rolling. And I finished the chorus, and then got stuck. <laughs> Nothing. So I thought, well, let me put my money where my mouth is. If I'm writing a song called Help Is On The Way, Help Is On The Way. And yes, I should assume that help is on the way. Are we good here? Hello. I sound so tinny. My usual rich voice is not. Um, <laughs> is this okay? Yeah. So I thought, assume help is on the way from places I don't know about today. I just read that. So I went out and went to a party. And at that party, I ran into a lot of different people and had a lot of conversations. And being me and being Jewish, most of them were about Soros, you know, difficulties, trouble, pain. And people were telling me their troubles. And when I came home, I had the hit to each line write something that one of those people or someone else I knew might need to hear. So each line was a separate message to a different friend. And in the process of doing that, the song justified itself because help was on the way. And the fact that I was holding that thought, the song came to me in ways I didn't expect. And I've learned to always write that way, not knowing how, not knowing where from, not knowing why, just knowing it's there, like that silence we looked at in the meditation. And so when I remember to apply that to the rest of my life, uh, good stuff starts to happen, resolutions happen, issues get solved, often, again, in ways I don't expect. So Nancy Lamont recorded that song uh, in 1990 on her first CD. And in 1995, she sang it at this big Broadway Cares event, uh, the Easter Bonnet competition, that raises tons of money for AIDS-related issues. And uh, it's a huge annual event. It's very central to their work. And every year after that, a different Broadway star would close the whole event with that song. And it became the theme song for Broadway Cares and for the Easter Bonnet competition. And it became an anthem of hope around the AIDS crisis. Now, the thing that was striking about having an anthem of hope during the AIDS crisis was that at that time, AIDS certainly seemed like a hopeless situation. In most cases, it was a situation in which people were not going to get better. Getting AIDS at that time fortunately not today, but at that time, was a death sentence. The disease was spreading relentlessly. We didn't know how to stop it. And everyone was frightened of getting it. The song didn't offer practical nuts and bolts solutions. It didn't tell you what to do. But I did notice, nevertheless, that people were drawn to it and were getting comfort and inspiration 
from it and from its message. And I began to understand that what the song offered was a mindset, a blanket way of looking at things, a thought within which we could hold the world, a thought that on the deepest level, in fact, is true, a thought within which we could live every present moment that allowed for a more global kind of healing, a thought that opened us up to every possibility, things we hadn't thought of, things that came out of nowhere, spirit, God, unexpected breakthroughs. In short, the song is a song of faith, which we often define as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So much of what we experience in the world and inside ourselves depends on the workings of our thoughts and the way in which they call on higher power, on the movement of spirit, on things unseen, which much more than our own will or conscious knowledge are the way in which problems are solved and which our lives are directed. In fact, the basic things that sustain our lives, our hearts beating, our blood flowing, our organs functioning, our nervous systems, are all things over which we do not have conscious control, and yet they work. We certainly don't have conscious control over higher power. By definition, even though it functions within us, it functions outside of what we consciously know. So the idea is not to wield or take control of higher power, but to contact it, to open it, open to it, to get into the system, as it were, to allow it to infuse our lives and do our work. And it's the purpose of the song, Help Us on the Way, to put us in an open mindset where we can let spirit in and allow for things unseen to materialize without knowing when, where, why, or how. So life is never about what is happening. Life is only experienced inside ourselves in the form of thoughts and sensations. So each one of us can experience the same what's happening completely differently. In fact, when we look at anything that's happening, all we're really seeing is our own thoughts and sensations. We are not causing things to happen. I always like to really stress that I didn't make that happen. But when we look at things, we're seeing ourselves in them like a mirror. We look in the mirror, we see something in the mirror, but there's nothing in the mirror other than a reflection of ourselves. There's no, uh, there's a mirror over there. There's no David in that mirror. I'm just seeing me, but it looks like me. So knowing this, we realize that depending on the thought within which we're holding what's happening, we can experience a challenging event as a roadblock or as an opportunity, as an ultimate outcome or as guidance as to where we want to go. And depending on the thought we're holding, we are open to different outcomes and our behavior, our responses, how we talk, who we talk to, are all unconsciously directed toward one or the other outcome, depending on what we're holding. This isn't Pollyanna. It's the way things work. I got a wonderful example of this while I was writing the talk. I was sitting in Mount Sinai Hospital waiting for a medical test. Nothing serious, but sitting there waiting. And I, uh, I decided I'm going to write my talk. And I thought, I need some story that demonstrates this. So I had driven in early. It was 9 AM was my appointment. I got there early. I checked in. They gave me the paperwork. I filled it out. 
and sat down, waited 15 minutes, started working on the talk more, and they called me up and said, oh, you're not in the system. You don't have an appointment today. Now, I had vaguely remembered that my doctor had said, oh yeah, we can't get them on the phone, but here's the appointment and don't worry, we'll, we'll do it for you. I had the paper, it said I was there. So I drove all the way in and I said, my sensations were boiling and I was angry and how dare you. And I said, what is my thought here? Help is on the way from places you don't know about today. So I very graciously said, you know, I have the appointment. They told me I had it. I have the paper. I drove in from Connecticut. Anything you can do. So she looks, she talks, she shuffles. She says, well, we could squeeze you in at noon. I thought, I have to be back this afternoon. I can't wait till noon. I'm going to sit here for three hours and do nothing. I said, hmm, I have to work this afternoon in Connecticut. And I came all the way in. Is there anything else you can do? Holding help is on the way from places you don't know about today. She looked down, looked at the computer, said, all right, come on, we'll take you now. <laughs> now, I want to be clear. Holding the thought, help us on the way, doesn't necessarily guarantee that things will always turn out the way we want. But the thought opened the door for me to feel my sensations and notice my thoughts, but not approach the person behind the desk with attack, which might very well have created resistance and supported the thought that I can't get what I need. And instead, chose questions and behaviors that left the door open to put us in a cordial, civil relationship where my result was most likely to happen. Now, that being said, it's also possible that my thought help is on the way might have inspired me to yell and scream, and sometimes that works too. The point is, whatever behavior I chose was chosen within the thought help us on the way rather than within a more dire or limiting thought. Also, I couldn't help but notice that I've been sitting in my waiting room revising my talk, trying to make it more specific and detailed, looking for a good story to make my point. And this incident gave me the story I needed because I was open to it. If I wasn't, I might have thought, I'm trying to write my talk and I have to deal with this junk. And it's right in front of me. But I wouldn't see it if I weren't in that mindset. So if holding a thought like help us on the way from places you don't know about today gives us the best chance of opening up possibilities, why would we ever choose a negative or fearful thought? Well, in my, of course we do all the time. In my years of researching and teaching thought exchange, I've come to understand that these negative thoughts are actually protective thoughts. We take them on to try to protect ourselves from feeling pain of past hurts. So when we take on a positive thought, what often happens is we start to feel endangered. It's like if you had walked through a door time and again for years, and every time you walk through it, someone hit you on the head with a board. Long ago, you would have taken to walking through the door with your hands over your head to make sure you didn't get hit, even though you're not getting hit now, and if someone tried to hit you, you could stop them. So. If you suddenly say, I'm just going to walk through this door, you're going to be, whoa, inside. And you're going to feel that. And you might put your hands over your head again. So when we take on the thought, it comes with these uncomfortable sensations. If it's a thought, we've had trouble 
holding or have a history with in the past of trauma. So, even though holding a positive thought can bring discomfort and fear of past hurts, it has the added benefit of allowing those uh, repressed and avoided hurts to process, to be tolerated, incorporated, and released. It can be very challenging to hold these positive thoughts and feel the discomfort they release when we're in situations that feel historically dangerous. But that's the time when we really have to do just that. Hold the thought, feel the sensations, and let the thought we wish to hold choose our behavior and our experience rather than approaching the experience out of limitation or fear. Now this past year with all the conflict and hopelessness and anger and fear that it contained with the pandemic, the political situation, divisiveness, isolation, <clears throat> the song and the thought that help us on the way is present at all times, uh, had another life and brought solace to many. I posted it many times, did a video for Broadway Cares with 70 Broadway performers doing it, raised funds for them, uh, and I decided to put it in book form. A few years earlier, I had taken my song, We Can Be Kind, and done the same thing, with each chapter being a line from the song with essays and stories on the subject. It had been very well received, so I decided to do the same with Help Us On The Way. And so it's full of stories, and here's one of my favorite stories that shows how a seemingly hopeless situation uh, may have surprising outcomes when held within a thought of hope and possibility. It's based on the line of the song, don't give up your dream, even though you may be thinking it never will come true. And it's called The Impossible Dream, and it's a story Edwin Gaines told me, our, one of my, my favorite prosperity teachers, and she's been here. So she was doing a workshop, and one of the instructions was, think of your wildest dream and write it down. And this one woman said, no, I'm not going to do that. Edwin said, why not? She said, because it's impossible. It can't happen. She said, why? She said, well, my wildest dream is to travel the world in style, see all the great sites, the pyramids, the Paris Opera, the Colosseum, the, everything that I've always wanted to see, traveling first class, beautiful clothes, and I currently work as a part-time salesperson in a discount department store. And Edwin, as only Edwin can say, who's from Alabama, you might run into her then, <laughs> said, honey, write it down. So the woman wrote it down. A number of years later, Edwin gets a call from her. You're not going to believe this. And Edwin said, try me. She said, well, about six months after the workshop, I realized, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's not this. I'm not meant to live to be a part-time sales clerk in a discount department store. So she quit her job, not knowing what she was going to do. And she went to a diner for lunch and said, sat down, and there was a newspaper open to the want ads. And there was an ad that was circled. And she said, you know, I guess I better start exploring 
new job possibilities. And uh, I realized I'm walking around as a camera. Am I making you do this, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> and so she said, uh, so I looked at the circled ad, and it said, personal assistant wanted. And she said, I could do that. She called the number. A woman answered and said, well, I'm in my 80s, and my husband just died. And he was a major, major industrialist. I have more money than God, but he worked all the time, and I've never seen anything in the world. I'd like an assistant to book the travel, decide what I should see, where I should go. I'll pay for the first class plane fare and the clothing appropriate and stuff like that. They hit it off, she got the job, and she spent the next few years traveling the world, seeing everything. And then the woman became ill, and they had become very close. And this woman went home with her to care for her. And when she died, having no children, she left her entire fortune to this woman. So the impossible dream. And who could have thought that? Who could have predicted that? Who could have figured that out? So the book contains like 50 more stories like this, plus tips on how to practice, help us on the way for yourself and for others, and lots of wonderful quotes. And it's my dream that everybody have it in their bathroom or by their bedside and just randomly open it to a page. And it's, I've always found with these kind of books, Teresa's book is that way. You just put it, open it and go, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And uh, another story, very briefly, I was speaking to an advisor of mine, and I was very upset about something. I was on the phone with her, and she said, let me read you something. And she read me this thing that was the perfect thing I needed. And I said, oh my god, that's, that is so perfect. It's just what I needed. What, what book is that? She said, oh, it's a book called the Thought Exchange by David Friedman. <laughs> it was, I wrote it, but did I remember? You know, whenever I think my stuff doesn't work, I go, oh, it works. I just don't practice it. You know? <laughs> so as we come out of the pandemic, I find myself and many others do confused about what I want to do, what's available to me, etc. And in the spirit of this song, I decided not to focus on the problem or how to figure it out, but rather on the thought I'm holding. And for my birthday this year, a friend gave me this beautiful writing paper book with her favorite paper in it. And usually I never want to write in those blank books because I don't want to mess them up. You know? But I decided that I would do a help is on the way journal. And I, every day I begin with the thought, Help is on the way from places you don't know about today, or some other line from the song. I have the song written out in its entirety at the beginning of the book. And then I see what thoughts and ideas come. Basically, I hold myself in the mindset that whatever it is I'm trying to figure out is figured out in spirit, and I have to get out of its way. And then I see what comes, let spirit inform me, and take action on the information I'm given. And already, things are showing up that I didn't really expect. 
So today at 1230, we're going to be doing a special thought exchange workshop and explore what happens when we look at our challenges and uncomfortable sensations and any pain we might be having through the lens of holding the thought, help is on the way. We're going to pick some challenge or challenges we've been experiencing, take on the thought, help is on the way, and feel any uncomfortable sensations that come up when we release that protective thought and let the thought help us on the way do its work. So if you have any questions uh, about the workshop, I'll be here after the service uh, to answer them. Uh, a quick story about this again, which will lead us to the end of the talk, from the book about how Nancy Lamott set this thought in motion for me. Uh, Nancy Lamott, as many of you know, was my muse. She was one of the greatest singers of American popular standards of the 20th century. And she died at 43 unexpectedly. And when she died, uh, the night she died, I couldn't sleep. And I put on all five of the CDs we had produced together on shuffle to see what she would sing for me. And I sat down, and the first song she sang was Accentuate the Positive. And I thought, oh, that's nice. All right, I'll try. <laughs> then she sang Help is on the Way. And I burst into tears, and I said, help is not on the way. Uh, everything is terrible. I've lost this whole thing. It's over. And I just sat there really feeling awful. And then she sang Help is on the Way again. <laughs> now, what are the chances on a shuffle that out of the 60-something songs on that shuffle, that would repeat? And I said, okay, okay, I get it. So with all we've talked about this morning, I'm going to do for you what Nancy did for me. Kenneth and I are going to perform Help Us on the Way again. And before, I want you to listen to it, maybe with different ears. So close your eyes and think of some issue you're having, perhaps some challenge you're facing, and then listen carefully to each line and see if there are one or two or more than that that reach into your heart and mind and help you find a thought you can hold in mind as you go through your day, your week, your life. And if you're here today, bring it to the workshop and we'll work on it. So now close your eyes and here's the song once again. Don't give up the ship Even when you feel it sinking And you don't know what to do Don't give up your dream Even though you may be thinking It never will come true Life has its own ideas of how things come about And if you just hang in there Life is gonna work it out Help is on the way From places you don't know about today From friends you may not have met Yet believe me when I say I know help is on the way
don't have to know where the path you're on is leading. You just have to walk along, dreaming as you go, asking for the things you're needing. You never can go wrong. If you have faith that things are happening as they should, then just believe each step you take is leading you to something good. Help is on the way places you don't know about today, from friends you may not have met, yet believe me when I say I know help is on the way. So open your heart, open your mind, no matter how you've tried and failed, tomorrow you could turn and find that today from friends you may 